0: We continue, we continue our reading of 1 Samuel. We're in chapter 14, and today we read from verses 24 to 52. 1 Samuel 14, 14 to 52. Now, we're continuing on the theme that Saul is not going to cut it, to put it bluntly. Remember that Israel, we want a worldly king. We want someone who's tall and handsome, and all he has are worldly. Things to recommend him so we can be like others else, and that way he'll be successful in battle, which by and large he is. And the chapter ends with the fact that he is beating up on many of their neighbors. But at the same time, he's failing utterly in terms of the spirituality of the kingship. And there's a decay setting into the life of the church. And in this case, it continues in the in the diet, in the the the, the, the relationship he has with his very virtuous and godly son, Jonathan. Remember the chapter begins with Jonathan, he sees this Philistine fortress right outside of town and he trusts that the Lord will empower him and he and his unnamed armor bearer, they scale the cliff, they attack and God gives them the victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. Saul sees this and he goes, hey, someone's beating up on the Philistines, let's pursue them. And in verse 24, he makes a rash and foolish vow. Saul laid an oath on the people saying, Cursed be the man who eats food until it is evening and I am avenged on my enemies. That's a very curious command to give in a a hot environment where there's a huge amount of physical exertion for those who are chasing down and pursuing your enemies. It'd be better to, you know, feed them and to give them strength. I, I think what's going on there, it is kind of playing a game with God of the kind that we foolishly play. Maybe we have a dear person who's stricken with a deadly disease, and we'll say, uh, Lord, uh, take, it, take this disease from my daughter and give it to me. Or I know someone who had a child who was deeply depressed, and he prayed, Lord, let me become depressed. And I want to say, we don't need to do that. Just ask the God of grace. We don't need to manipulate them. We don't need to trade with them. Let's just go before our sovereign God. What Saul sort of said was, Lord, we're, we're, we need your power. By your grace to do your will, will you give it? He didn't need to. And, and what happens is, is we complicate things in so many ways. Well, Jonathan doesn't know about this. And Jonathan's spearheading the attack, and, and they're all everybody's hungry, and there's honey all over the forest. And he sticks his staff under into the, into the honey and he put some in his mouth, and the text says, his eyes brightened. I'm sure some of you would give a, a chemical and biological explanation for how that happened. But the honey gave him energy. And someone goes to him and says, oh, you didn't hear. Your father says anybody who does that is going to be slain. And poor Jonathan, you think of him, he's like going, you know, trying to honor the Lord here. Well, afterwards, it, nightfall comes, and Jonathan points out, because everybody's starving, they didn't get the success they should have had. And so Saul wants to know if they should renew the attack by night. And one of the priests who's present says, let's not forget to ask the Lord. By the way, it's going to be characteristic of Saul and the Saul's of the world that they forget to ask the Lord. And there's no reply from the Lord. And so Saul is going to break out the Urim and the Thurim. Thumen, Urim and Thumen. Now these were the lots given to the high priest, this is just for Old Testament Israel, a yes no way, a way of dividing between people. He says, well put me and Jonathan on one side and you on the other to see who's guilty. It falls to Saul and Jonathan. He goes, well now it's between Jonathan and me. The lot falls on Jonathan and then he goes, well we're going to kill Jonathan. And you're going, you know, I, I don't think we're cultivating the spirituality the Bible's seeking here. And the people go, no. I'm sorry, we're not slaying Jonathan. He's like the only godly thing we've got. And they we're told that they ransomed him, they redeemed him by his power. Well, what do we learn here? Let's live by faith in the Lord. Let's not engage in this bargaining with God. Let's trust the Lord. Let's seek, let's do his will according to the Bible and do so by the grace he's given. And we certainly do not need to sacrifice our sons. It speaks so poorly of Saul. The way he treats his own child, but but Christians can do these kinds of things very wrongly and foolishly. The, The sacrifice that we need is not any sacrifice that we will make. God has made the sacrifice. God has given his son to die for our sins and he raised him from the dead. He reigns at the right hand of the Father. That is all the sacrifice we need. Let's boldly do his will. According to his word, let's do it with love towards one another and hope in the Lord. Well, with all that, let's give ear to the reading of God's holy, inerrant, and life-giving word. We'll pick up in verse 24. And the men of Israel had been hard-pressed that day, so Saul had laid an oath on the people, saying, Cursed be the man who eats food until it is evening, and I am avenged on my enemies. So none of the people had tasted food. Now when all the people came to the forest, behold, there was honey on the ground. And when the people entered the forest, behold, the honey was dropping, but no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father charge the people with the oath, so he put out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth, and his eyes became bright. Then one of the people said, Your father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed be the man who eats food this day. And the people were faint. Then Jonathan said, my father has troubled the land. See how my eyes have become bright because I tasted a little of this honey. How much better if the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies that they found. For now the defeat among the Philistines has not been great. They struck down the Philistines that day from Michmash to Aizalon and the people were very faint. The people pounced, pounced on the spoil. And took sheep and oxen and calves and slaughtered them on the ground, and the people ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, behold, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with the blood. And he said, you have dealt treacherously. Roll a great stone to me here. And Saul said, disperse yourself among the people and say to them, let every man bring his ox or his sheep and slaughter them here and eat, and do not sin against the Lord by eating with the blood." So every one of the people brought his ox with him that night and they slaughtered them there. So Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first altar that he had built to the Lord. Then Saul said, let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them until the morning light. Let us not leave a man of them. And they said, do whatever seems good to you. But the priest said, let us draw near to God here. And Saul inquired of the God, shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you give them into the hand of Israel? But he did not answer him that day. And Saul said, Come here, all you leaders of the people, and know and see how this sin has arisen today. For as the Lord who saves, lives who saves Israel, though it be in Jonathan my son, he shall surely die. But there was not a man among all the people who answered him. Then he said to all Israel, You shall be on one side, and I and Jonathan my son will be on the other side. And the people said to Saul, Do what seems good to you. Therefore, Saul said, O Lord, God of Israel, why have you not answered your servant this day? If this guilt is in me or in Jonathan, my son, O Lord, God of Israel, give Urim. But if this guilt is in your people, Israel, give Thummim. And Jonathan and Saul were taken, but the people escaped. Then Saul said, cast the lot between me and my son, Jonathan, and Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, tell me what you have done. And Jonathan told him, I tasted a little honey with the tip of the staff that was in my hand. Here I am, I will die. And Saul said, God do so to me and more also. You shall surely die, Jonathan. Then the people said to Saul, shall Jonathan die who has worked this great salvation in Israel? Far from it, as the Lord lives, there shall not be one hair of his head fall to the ground. For he has worked with God this day. So the people ransomed Jonathan so that he did not die. Then Saul went up from pursuing the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their place. When Saul had taken the kingship over Israel, he fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab, against the Ammonites, against Edom, against the kings of Zobah, and against the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he routed them. And he did valiantly and struck the Amalekites and delivered Israel out of the hands of those who plundered them. Now the sons of Saul were Jonathan, Ishvi, and Malkishua. And the names of his two daughters were these. The name of his firstborn was Merab, and the name of the younger, Michael. And the name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimaaz. And the name of the commander of his army was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. There was hard fighting against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man, any valiant man, He attached him to himself. The grass withers, the flowers fall, and the word of our God abides forever. Amen.